This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. I'm Drew, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris, and we are a part of the Christian podcast community. The and Christian podcast community. The Christian podcast community. You know, I'm, Come on, I'm pretty excited to be a part of that community. Man, I am as well, bro. They're awesome. They are awesome. I 100% agree with that. I mean, like, we've been, we, we really since Indiana, have grown closer with Andrew Rappaport. Absolutely, man. And, Two episodes and, with him now. and yeah. yeah. And like he wants to help us in any way that he can. That guy's awesome. I love that guy. Servant, man. He is a servant. You know, there's a lot, for some reason, I don't know why, there is a lot of trash talk about Andrew. And I don't get it. I don't know why. I don't either. I don't either. We spend time with this guy, and all I want to do is hang out with him some more. Like he's a, he's an awesome guy, but we are a podcast production that seeks to approach church and biblical or church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. In case you can't tell, I am super, super tired. Well, they're biblical issues. They are biblical issues. You're not wrong. That's right. But uh, for more Christian podcasts, we want you to head over to christianpodcastcommunity.org. Uh, check out some of their uh, other podcasts that they've got going on over there. And we're doing a giveaway. Yes, we are. We're finally doing it. It's up and it's running. And it, I mean, you can, can go like, you can stop listening now, go enter and then come back. You can actually get up to 30 entries. I'm just saying you can get your name entered 30, 30 times, man. Yeah. And we're giving away. If I didn't already have these books, I'd go enter 28 times. Right? Yeah, just 28 times. Just 28. Yeah. Why overdo it, you know? (laughs) But but we're in case you don't know, we're giving away The Death of Death and The Death of Christ and The Mortification of Sin, both by John Owen. There are going to be three winners. Three winners. Three winners are going to win both books. Okay? Not one winner win one book. And another winner win another book, and then another winner we have to make up a book to give them. No, each winner is going to win both books. That's right. So they are books that you need in your library because every Christian needs them. And especially if you if you haven't uh, been following us for a while, go back into our old episodes, and we did multiple episodes going through the mortification of sin. Yeah. So, yeah. Go listen to those episodes, and I guarantee you it will make you want to get this book. I mean, and you know, I've got three extra copies apart from the ones that we are giving away. So Uh-oh. I might be generous with those two, just saying. But we'll just we'll visit that after the contest. The contest ends January 15th, so you've got plenty of time, and there are ways you can actually get uh, daily entries. So... Go check it out. Go check it out. But Chris, um, what are we talking about today? Man, uh, we are going to have a conversation. 
because that's uh, all we can do. Just man, that, that is what we do. That that is that is what we do on matter of theology. We have conversations. Um, Yes, conversation. Uh, we're going to talk about false prophets. And uh, what's really uh, interesting is in the providence of God, uh, this is actually going to end up turning into a little bit of a series for us. Um, uh, as, as we're going to talk about false prophets in this episode. Uh, but then Lord willing, uh, dropping either next week or the following, we are going to be revisiting a topic uh, that uh, did a couple of things for us that we, we've discussed before. This episode is most likely probably still one of our, if not our most downloaded episode. Um, and also one that, uh, man, it brings out the clowns. Yeah, I, I'm just going to put it that way. When, <laughs> when, whenever you, like, sometimes when this, our brother... Bro, this is what when you start talking about this topic, right? Especially this particular, what you're going to get into, it demonstrates the people that don't know theology, that don't know the Bible, that don't have proper hermeneutics, and that don't understand proper biblical worship. Absolutely. Well, and uh, I mean, the scarier thing, well, hang on, I'm getting ahead of myself. So what we're going to talk about is uh, we are going to revisit reckless love, reckless worship. Uh, that was the title of one of our first episodes. I think that was three or four that we did. That it was, was up there. It was, up it was there. one of the first yeah. few that we did uh, as a podcast. With uh, we had one microphone. Yeah. Um, that was when we had one mic, so the the audio quality is terrible. Terrible. I mean, terrible. Terrible. Like it's so bad. There's not even a word for it. Like <laughs> I was like, I wanted to see what you're gonna come up with. Like, so, the, like that's how bad it is. It's just it's it's bad. So it it does yeah. need to be re-recorded anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and we had been talking about doing that. So and then uh, lo and behold, uh, yesterday, uh, and it doesn't matter when you're listening to this. Just know it was yesterday. Uh, my brother Drew here uh, said, "Hey man, did you see that Reckless Love is going to be made a movie?" And I said, "What?" <laughs> and he sent me the link. From, uh, from Relevant, of all places, about how Reckless Love is going to be a movie. And, uh, well, that got this guy's gears turning. And um, and I, I posted something on social media, and I wholeheartedly stand by it, that Reckless Love is the most poisonous song that has come out of the cult known as Bethel, quote-unquote, church. They are not a biblical church in any way, shape, or form. Um, as it is poison wrapped in sweet biblical language, kind of. Um, but when you really get into and dig into the lyrics of the song, everybody always says, well, hey, Chris, that song can stand on its own. And that song theologically is correct. That song yeah, if you have is, the wrong Bible and wrong theology, um, right. and wrong and, God. Yeah. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. And we're not going to get into this tonight. This is just a little preview. This is off the cuff right now. This is freestyle. This is free. Okay. Here's the problem. That song, number one, was written by someone who, who worships a Jesus other than what we see in Scripture. That is correct, folks. Bethel Church, Corey Asprey, they do not believe in the biblical Jesus. Okay. And, and, and the biggest, most egregious error that they propagate is what's called kenotic theory, meaning that he laid aside all of his divinity when he came to earth. It's also a form of modalism, stating that, as Stephen Furtick says, that he changed forms. Wrong. He did nothing of the sort. That song, in and of itself, was written by a false teacher and is propagated by a false church. Uh, the song itself um, it, it says that God's love is reckless. Well, when you look at the definition of reckless, God's love is nothing of the sort because God is not reckless. You cannot divorce God's love from God is love. You cannot divorce the attribute of the love of God with God being love and loving. You cannot right, that do is, that. And get, just touching on the attributes right there, that's what we would call the simplicity of God. Correct. What God has is what God is. So right. saying, just as you said, God, God, God is not just loving, he is love. 
Correct. And and God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, the Holy Trinity all counted the cost uh, of the resurrection. They knew what was happening. God knows what was happening. And no, he does not chase us down. No, we are not the object of his worship. So we're going to get into all of that. We are going to unpack this because, listen, when we did this episode the first time, uh, Drew and I, well, not no, you didn't get, you didn't get that phone call. Then I got a phone no. call from someone in the church that we were a part of cussing me out literally for this episode. And he was um, a worship leader. <laughs> yeah. One of the worship leaders at the church calling me, cussing me out, um, had to have a meeting with myself and the elders. Um, and, and I'm kind of wondering I, why I wasn't there. Like is my bro. Pattern. I have wondered that for years. Yes. So 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 here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna revisit this. And when when we did that episode, I was told by a mutual friend of Drew and I, hey, I you know, because I, I was like, man, was I a little too strong, a little too harsh, a little too prophetic there? And and she said no. She said next time, iron out the rebuke, and I'm quoting, let it fly. So you know what? Here it comes. Stay tuned, because that has been my sole focus of study for the last 24 hours. I already have two pages of notes. Um, and so, it, look, this is an issue. The fact, and, and, this, is, and this is what I, was, what I stopped myself from saying a few minutes ago. It's an issue because it highlights the biblical illiteracy that believers have in the Western church, number one, and well, all over the world, the church, period. That we as believers are lazy, we're slothful, um, we have no zeal for for uh, the truths found in Scripture. We have no zeal to study God's Word and to be below it, um, none whatsoever. And I'm speaking in very general terms. But here's the scary part: the scary part is there are people out there that believe that salvation begins with them. There are people out there that believe that God himself wants to chase you down. There are people out there that believe Corey Asbury is one of them, and he has said that God simply gives himself away on the off chance. Wait, I'm, I'm going to quote here. I'm going to quote here. Um, he said his love isn't selfish or self-serving. He doesn't wonder what he'll gain or lose by putting himself out there. He simply gives himself away on the off chance that one of us might look back at him and offer ourselves in return. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is not how salvation takes place. And if you profess faith in Christ and that's what you believe, I grieve and I'm concerned for your soul. Man, there's just so much wrong in that. Bro. I mean, every everywhere in the Bible speaks against that. Exactly. Like, the book of John. The book of John. The uh, almost every single Psalm. Let's yeah. start with. Let, let's oh. just go to the Ten Commandments. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Let's start with number one. <laughs> right. Right. I, I mean, look, John six thirty seven thirty nine seventeen two nine and twenty four. It, it, the list of scriptures go on and on and on when it comes to how wrong. Okay, fine. Let's look at just the song. Just the song itself is heretical. Mm -hmm. yeah, the yeah. song doesn't stand on its own. So anyway, yeah, but yeah let's not let's not give away too much. Let's <laughs> so, leave some mystery. I, I, obviously, it's it's been on my mind. So, but 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 that's what's coming. There you go. There's a little preview as far as what you're going to hear on the next episode of Matter of Theology. But this time. We're going to be dealing with something of a similar topic. We're going to be talking about false prophets, mm -hmm. and one of the one of the things that uh, that that, that kind of uh, encouraged this uh, topic and conversation for Drew and I was the presidential election. And you have uh, you have all of these quote unquote modern day prophets that are making these bold, uh, bold assertions and predictions uh, that, um, that, that that Donald Trump is going to win in a landslide and that that God told me, um, you know, so on and so forth. And now what we're seeing um, if the results of the election hold of, 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 you know, if the media's prediction of what, of what has happened as of the recording of this episode holds, then those prophets and prophecies are dead wrong. Yeah. 
So, so we wanted to just, just kind of, again, we could, we could spend days talking about this. Um, I mean, literally days. Um, but, but we want to talk about false prophets and mm-hmm. false prophecy. Um, and, 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 and just, just kind of get into that a little bit. And, um, and then I'm sure, you know, some of this will overlap um, into what we end up doing next week uh, or next time. I don't know if it'll be next week, but next time um, on matter of theology. So, um, but we have to remember what the scriptures teach. We can't, we, we can't divorce ourselves from what the Bible teaches for something that feels good or, or even sounds good. It has to be uh, tested against the infallible, inerrant, sufficient, and holy word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to read a passage of scripture um, dealing with prophets and, and really how to spot a false prophet. Um, but before I do, let me go into the two types of prophecy that we have today. We have what's called foretelling, and then we have what's called forth telling. Now, only one of those actually exists. Correct today. Uh, Foretelling is telling what is going to take place in the future. Right. Forth telling is taking what has already been said and proclaiming it. So like the gospel that has already been said, we proclaim it. The fact that we preach the gospel and people will be saved that is called prophecy because we give the gospel and it has said people will be saved. Therefore, we tell the message and people end up being saved by God's power, not by us. Amen. So Deuteronomy, if you're following along and you want to uh, turn in your Bibles, Deuteronomy chapter 18. And I'm going to actually begin in verse 18. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. He says... I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Verse 19, it shall come about that whatever or that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Listen to all that me, myself, I, that's God speaking. And if you have a new American standard, you notice that those, that those pronouns are capitalized. capitalized. That's right. Verse 20, but the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. Hmm. Verse 21. You may say in your heart, how will we know the word which the Lord, that's Yahweh, which the Lord has spoken? Verse 22, when a prophet speaks in the name of Yahweh, in the name of the Lord, Mm. if that thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. That means... Whatever he says, ignore it. If he if he prophesies condemnation, damnation, whatever, ignore it. He's a false prophet. Um, and this is one of the things that we actually see today uh, because, and one of the things that kind of spurred this on was a, a guy by the, uh, that's a false prophet, guy by the name of Pat Robertson. You've probably seen him or heard of him on the 700 Club. Yeah. Now, in 1992, Pat Robertson, Robertson made a prophecy saying God told him that George H.W. Bush was going to win a second term. We all know that didn't happen because Clinton won. Yeah. In 2012, he said God spoke to him and said that Mitt Romney was going to win two terms. That didn't happen. Because we know Barack Obama won two terms. More recently, he spoke and said, God spoke to him and said, 
Donald Trump will win a second term, and that will bring about the beginning of the end times. Let me tell you, this guy does not have a good track record. So he is someone that has spoken presumptuously, that has actually taken the name of the Lord in vain because yeah. he has spoke in the name of the Lord. Correct. It did not come to pass. Therefore, he has counted the Lord's name as nothing and spoken presumptuously, predicted about the coming or the beginning of the coming of the end. This is a false prophet. We need not fear him. Yeah, uh, to quote Dr. John MacArthur, he says this, quote, The New Testament reserves its harshest words of condemnation for those who would falsely claim to speak revelation from God. And what the Bible condemns, we must also condemn, doing so with equal vigor and force, period, close quote. Mm -hmm. And, and, and as, you know, as we were talking about what's coming, uh, as far as the, the next, uh, the next episode of matter of theology, you know, you see that if you speak out, um, uh, against something that people love, um, even if it's false and not true, you are labeled unbiblical, unchristian, you are, you are told that you're, you're just trying to sow division. Uh, so on and so forth, but but the Bible is clear uh, with and, and and replete with multiple warnings in the Scriptures. As far as uh, being aware, having your eyes open, uh, don't don't be asleep. Um, wake up, because the the danger is real. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think of. Um, you know, Deuteronomy, again, back to Deuteronomy, um, chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. If there arises among, among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and that sign or wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, let us, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to see whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn, turn you away from the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you should put away the evil from your midst. Put it away. You know, flip to Matthew 7 and verse 15. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Paul warns the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, in, in verse 29, he, he lets them know that when he leaves, the, the ravenous wolves are going to come in. Uh, chapter 20, verse 29, he says, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from you... And among, listen to this, and from among your own selves, 
men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on alert. Remember that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. I could keep reading. Paul, Peter tells his readers in 2 Peter 2.1 uh, to watch out for false teachers. Jude, Jude is all about apostates and false teachers and, and, and rescuing those caught in their snare and what to do with those men uh, and false teachers who have crept in among the love feast. These are the, the fruits that you're looking for when you're looking for a false prophet and a false teacher are the complete opposite of what we see in the characteristics of true qualified teachers found in Timothy and Titus. The Bible is clear. We have a responsibility as Christians, as Christians, not just pastors, not just elders, but as believers to be on guard, to watch out, and the scriptures are clear in what we are to do with false prophets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, sometimes um, what we get, especially because, you know, I was in the the, the charismatic movement for a little bit. <clears throat> and, I almost and, was. <laughs> and and prophecy was was a thing, right? Prophesying to people and you, and you tell people uh, prophecies or things that God showed you about them and stuff. And one of the things is, well... Sometimes I miss it, right? And uh, you, you know, God gave me a word and tell me if this means anything. And you go, no. You know, well, sometimes I miss it. Nowhere you never had it. Yeah, you never had it. Sorry. Uh, nowhere in Scripture do we ever see a prophet of God missing it. Come on. Nowhere in Scripture do we ever see any vague prophecies that are given. Now, some people might be quick to run to the prophecy of Agabus. Uh, I believe that's Acts chapter Acts, 11. Yeah, come on, yeah. bro. Let's talk about that. So, so in Acts chapter 11, Agabus prophesies about the arrest of Paul. Now, people will go to Acts 22 and say, see, Agabus missed it. It's no, not exactly how Agabus said. While no, that's... That's right. He didn't. Now, if you just read it, you go, eh, he kind of missed it. But if you keep reading, when you get to Acts 28, you get Paul's account of his own arrest. Correct. Correct. And Paul's account of his own arrest lines up with the prophecy of Agabus. So nowhere in scripture do we see a prophet vaguely giving prophecies that could mean any one of a million things that you want to apply it to. We see accuracy. We see uh, detail. We, but 100% fulfillment. No wavering. Okay. No missing it. None of that. No. Well, let, let me, let me say no, this. And, and not a, no funky stuff like sharks chasing pirate ships either. Matt Chandler. So, so listen, any, anybody that says anybody that I'm going to make a very, very bold statement, anybody that says that you can be a prophet that misses the mark does not believe in the sufficiency of scripture or the sovereignty of God. Right. Period. You don't, you do not believe in the sufficiency of God's holy word or the sovereignty of God to, to say that in this situation, that Agabus, uh, he, he missed it, is it, it, you have to remember a couple of things. Number one, he's, he starts the prediction by saying this, thus says the Holy Spirit. Okay, so <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's equivalent to thus says the Lord. Am I, am, I, am I correct? Yes, the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, co-equal with God, co-equal with the Son. Absolutely. So the, the, the words that, that came afterwards were from the Holy Spirit himself, and Luke recorded them that way. Mm -hmm. And remember, it was the Holy Spirit himself that inspired Luke to, to pin them exactly like that. So, so anybody who claims that you can, you can, you can, I have a word from the Lord. I was given this, the Lord told me, and it doesn't come true. Drew said it earlier. You've blasphemed the name of God and, and you have, you have articulated by your words and your actions that you do not 
trust in the sufficiency of Scripture or the sovereignty of God. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, it comes down to this. Why is Scripture not enough for you? Oh. People who want to hold to prophecies like that, right, uh, in that way, in that manner, because even, I'm going to tell you, Mike Bickle from the International House of Prayer, Kansas City, not the pancake place, okay? Mike Bickle even says, <laughs> most modern prophets today, uh, they miss it. They don't get it right. So I want to read something, brother. I was going to save this for um, uh, for the next episode, but uh, but what you what you just said, I, I thought this quote is applicable. We, we have to remember this, okay? This is George Whitfield in his sermon titled "The Duty of Searching the Scriptures." Okay, he says this quote: "Our blessed Lord, though He was eternal God, yet as man He made the Scriptures." his constant rule and guide. And therefore, when he was asked by the lawyer, which was the great commandment of the law, he referred him to his Bible, he referred to him his Bible for the answer. What readest thou? And thus, when led by the spirit to be tempted by the devil, he repelled all his assaults with, it is written. Now listen to this, don't miss this. A sufficient confutation this of their opinion who say the spirit only and not the spirit by the word is to be our rule in action. If so, our Savior, who had the spirit without measure, needed not always have referred to the written word. But how few copy after the example of Christ. How many are there who do not regard the word of God at all but throw uh, but throw the sacred, but throw the sacred oracles oracles aside as an as an antiquated book fit for only illiterate men. Mm. A question mark close quote. <laughs> so, so yeah. what 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 a great reminder! Mm-hmm. Our Lord and Savior, who who he made the scriptures his constant rule and guide. He had the full measure of the Spirit, yet he referred to the written word. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Now it's, it's, it's so interesting when, cause we're in almost this hyper spirit movement, right? Where everyone's just like, Oh, the, 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 do you live by the spirit? You know, do you have the spirit indwelling you? Do you go to a spirit filled church and yada, yada, yada. Um, it, it's, and as, as soon as you start pulling out scripture, it's, they're quick to shut that down and go, well, yeah. the spirit told me, well, the spirit will never say anything contrary to the word that he wrote. Come on. Okay. Just to let you know. Come on. Come and once on. you do that, you're starting to set up, or you're not starting, you are setting up a false dichotomy that sets the spirit against the word. You can't do that because the spirit wrote the word. So they're not going to contradict one another. No. No, n- not, not to mention that's not the way that God speaks. Not right. that he can't, but that's not the way that, that's that's not the way he speaks right uh, today. And well, and, and the reason being is because there's no need to. There's no need amen. for God to have any extra. And why is that? Revelation. And why Be- is that? Because we have the word. Because we have the complete word of God, the complete, inerrant, infallible, and sufficient and authoritative word of God. If Jesus appealed to the word. Who are we to appeal to anything else? You don't see Jesus, who, who just as you read from George Whitfield, who had the full measure of the Spirit, right? You don't see Jesus in Scripture walking around going, well, the Spirit told me, right? <laughs> I, okay, look here. Look here, Pharisees. Look here, you Pharisees. Like, I know that you're like loosely quoting the law and the Word of God, sort of, but the Spirit told me. No, no. What did he do? He appealed to scripture but what scripture actually said he didn't he he didn't live like many charismatics today live and he had the full measure of the spirit the, mm. the measure of the spirit we have is only in part that's right man that's right i mean the, the westminster confession of faith uh it, it speaks to the absolute sufficiency of scripture quote the whole counsel of god 
concerning all things for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life is either expressly set down in Scripture or by good and necessary consequence may be deduced from Scripture, unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men, period, close quote. You know, I think of, uh, I, and we, we've talked about, you know, we've talked about Sarah Young, right? Sarah Young with the, with, with the Jesus calling uh, and, and all that stuff. And let me, let, again, let me make another bold statement. If you have one of those books, throw it away. If you have a Jesus calling book, throw it in the garbage because that's what it is. Yes, I just said that. But, and, and here's why. Because the author of that book said this, quote, I knew that God communicated with me through the Bible, she writes. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm reading from a book that's quoting her. Uh, quote, I knew that God communicated with me through the Bible, but I yearned for more. Increasingly, I wanted to hear what God had to say to me personally on any given day. That is essentially, if you've ever read anything from Jesus Calling, you know she's writing from the point of view of Christ mm -hmm. speaking to you. And she's not quoting scripture. She may have one or two verses in there, but it's Christ's personalized letter coming through Sarah Young to you, which is extra biblical revelation, which is anathema, mm -hmm. according to Galatians, according to Revelation. Go ahead. Yeah, no, let's get, because this goes along with, some stuff that has come out on other podcasts recently as it pertains to the Enneagram. So one of the guys who is kind of the, uh, uh, he, he wasn't the founder uh, and didn't, he, he didn't develop the Enneagram, but where we get the idea of personality types in the Enneagram, I think is what it is. Uh, he was kind of that guy that developed that aspect of it more recently. Right. Um, and he says that that came through what was called power writing. And where it's a it's a, a new age technique where you're allowing spirits to write through you, um, and, and that is pagan worship. That's pagan worship, and that's exactly what Sarah Young is doing. Yes, it is. I you know I, and I know because, I because be, because if what Sarah Young wrote is actually from the Lord then it should be added to our canon of Scripture right after Revelation. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. It absolutely should. And going back to the Enneagram, I mean, power writing through spirits is where that came from. Why would anyone, why would anyone, when we are told throughout the book of Scripture that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but the powers, the principalities, rulers, and authorities of the spirit world, why on earth would we want to invite that in? I mean, I'm literally on the Gospel Coalition's website right now, and they have a whole page dedicated to the Enneagram. I, I'm I wondering why would churches use it as a, uh, a hiring tool for people who uh, put out applications to work at their church? Why would they use that as a hiring tool to... Absolutely. No, it's it, it it's along the same lines. Listen, listen to me. It's along the same lines of those who say, well, hey, we need to say her name. Black Lives Matter. Say her name. Say her name. Say her name. That is witchcraft. Mm -hmm. It isn't just saying her name. This isn't just a personality study. If you're engaging in this, you are engaging in something that was birthed from pagan worship. Yeah. Witchcraft. Why, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Why, as a believer in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Why, as a believer who professes to love and believe in and hold to the inerrancy of Scripture, why on earth would you ever want that in you, your home, your, 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 your church? Stop! You don't need extra biblical revelation. Evangelical culture has this infatuation with this extra biblical revelation, with this, with this, I want to know more about me. Everything you need to know about you is found in the scriptures. Yeah. Everything you need to know. Everything you need to know about how to be a better, better spouse, a better parent, a better person. If that's what you want to do, die to self, live for Christ. It's all here in the book. 
The law of the Lord is perfect. Mm -hmm. Stop going elsewhere. Stop. Oh, men, do not allow your wives to participate in the Enneagram. Pastors, boy, don't. <laughs> Stop it. Grow up. I was going to say something else. Man up. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Get up in front of your church. If you have people that are doing that are that are, are are holding to charismatic theology, that are holding to enneagrams, that that are are engaging in any sort of anything paganism. <laughs> yes, thank you. Antithetical to scripture in any way, shape, or form. You you are responsible for their soul. Ultimately, are they responsible for their actions? Yes. yes. But you, as their pastor, are responsible for their soul. Don't cower. Dude, Be you a know man. what I see? Go you ahead. know what I see a lot on on social media? I see a lot of people who are in the church warning other people who are in the church about things like the enneagram because the pastor won't do it. What's up with that? Because they're more concerned with the approval of man than of being bond servants to Christ. Boom. That that that's it. I mean, they can make every excuse in the book. They they can. Well, this, well, that. Well, you know, I you know, I, that, well, I get the gospel right. Okay, you, you may get the order of salvation, right? You may get what Christ has done, the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Absolutely. You may get the gospel, right? Great. Now, but, how does that play into paganism? Exactly. You are called to shepherd your sheep. You cannot bury your head in the sand. You cannot be a yes man. You cannot talk on, out of both sides of your mouth. The world does that enough as it is. You have got to protect your people. And sometimes you know what that means? You know what erring on the side of grace means? It means sometimes the, 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 hard, the, the hard choices, the hard love, the tough love. Mm -hmm. it, I, I, th th there's no reason. There's no reason for, for pastors to allow this to go on. Right. There's no reason for us in the church who aren't pastors but congregants, sheep, we are called and we are responsible for, uh, for, for, for spreading the truths of the scripture. We are responsible and called to be men and women of the truth. We are called and commanded to abstain from all sorts of false teaching and false teachers. Mm -hmm. Now, I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to ask you, um, can you go in to where scripture tells us about how we are to call out false prophets like uh, like Pat Robertson, like Mike Bickle, like Bill Johnson, who preaches healing and stuff, but yet somehow still wears glasses and their healing rooms are still closed from COVID-19. Um, Todd White, who just now discovered Charles Spurgeon. Like, where have you been, bro? Um, yes. What does scripture say about how we are and and I'll, I'll i'll phrase it this way okay does scripture say oh, that absolutely. we are to call out false prophets yes 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 and more yes uh so so i'm gonna i'm gonna go to a, a couple of different places um the, the first of which and i think the the clearest for me uh is in titus Okay, you've got titus uh now now some of you may say whoa 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 Chris, Titus, that's qualifications for elders. That's for elders. What gives you the right to uh, to 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 invoke to, Titus? That's right. That's right. What gives you the right? Okay. Well, um, Scripture does because remember the qualify, and this is this is what frustrates me and infuriates me about people who should know better if if someone is young and immature and 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 still growing and in the in the quote-unquote shallow end of the pool which i hate that analogy but but if they're in the shallow end of the pool okay no i i, I th there's some grace absolute grace there but if you've been walking with the lord for any given period of time and especially if you call yourself a pastor and you don't do this go home 
Stop it. I've said that twice now. All right, Titus, answer your question. Titus tells us, and giving us the qualifications for elders, these qualifications for elders um, are also qualifications that we as Christians should aim for. Okay. Um, let, let me every, just look. every just to, just to be clear. Um, yes. For for the person, uh, while this does list out qualifications for elders, these are qualifications that every believer should also have, but especially the one who is to be the overseer in the church. Correct. Correct. So Titus, after after walking through the very very important uh, moral qualifications of an elder, says that this is the only yeah. But don't you know only elders are supposed to be moral? Oh, sorry, man, I messed oh, up. Oh wait, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. So Titus one nine, holding fast to the faithful word, which is in accordance with teaching, so that he will be able to both exhort in sound doctrine and refute those who contradict. What does that look like? Okay, what does that, how are we supposed to do that? Keep reading. For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those in the circumcision who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain, Jamar Tisby. One of the things a prophet of their own said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. For this reason, here it is, reprove them severely so that they may be sound in the faith. Did you catch that? Reprove them severely. The ESV says sharply. Okay, that's how they are to be reproved. Paul says in Corinthians that they are to be avoided. They are to be cast, have nothing to do with them nothing to do with them. So yes, scripture does teach that they are to be rebuked and re reproved uh, sharply, severely. And if they're teaching publicly, the rebuke needs to be publicly. You and I heard a pastor tell us that no one in the church can call someone a heretic unless he does first. I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> scripture, scripture says well, otherwise. Well, until he adheres to this, I'm going to go, no. <laughs> exactly. Now, look, I know it seems like on Matter of Theology, a lot of the times we rail on pastors. We do. We do. We do. And, and, and because there's so much junk creeping into the church. The zeal for his house has consumed me. John Calvin said, even a dog barks when his master is assaulted. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 I mean, you know, and, and God's and, name is blasphemed so much yeah. every single day by those professing to love him. God's name is blasphemed by so, so much by those claiming to be under shepherds, under the chief shepherds. Mm -hmm. And those people continue to blaspheme the name of God uh, because they don't believe in the sufficiency of God or the sufficiency of scripture. And they, they end up turning the church into a den of harlots. Yeah. And the reason we see so much stuff in just America, in our country, the reason we see people who can claim to be Christians and yet vote for parties that murder babies is because we don't have men in the pulpit. We have we have men who adhere to networks that have been, uh, for lack of better word, they've been castrated to the form of the network. Say that again, please. We don't have men that sit in the pulpits. We have men that belong to networks, and because of the network, they have been castrated to the form of the network. They've been pressed into the mold. There are people who are network men instead of Bible men. And then you know what they'll tell people? Well, if I hear one inkling or one iota of X, Y, Z, then I'm gone. Well, bro, where have you been the last two years? That's what I want to say. But anyway, going back to false prophets. <laughs> so, um, and, 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 and to your, to, you know, to your point, some people will say, well, we'll talk about the other type of prophecy. Some people will try to use, you know, first Thessalonians five, uh, do not despise the prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully, hold fast to which is good, abstain from every form of evil. How do that we examine? How do we? Yeah. How, thank you. Thank you. Exactly. How do you examine? By the Word of God. What do you use? The Word of God. 
And, and and here's the thing. You don't insert a framework that wouldn't make any sense to the original author or readers. Right. You don't. Right. Because then th- th- then you are twisting the scriptures. Mm-hmm. That That is, as Dr. Tom Buck would say, that's the height of eisegesis right there. Right. Right. Whenever you do that. So but that that prophecy there that Paul's referring to is is the the, the prophecy of proclamation. OK, um, that is the the uh, the the realization of the, the, the prophetic utterances that come from divine revelation. What's our only source of divine revelation? The scriptures. What is without error? The scriptures. Guys and girls. False prophets have crept in and are are among the church and they are being accepted which should not surprise us as paul told timothy that in the last days people will accumulate for themselves teachers to to satisfy the itching of their ears people don't want to hear that they're sinners damned to hell without christ people don't want to hear that you should die to self that you should go to war with your sin People don't want to hear that, especially in 2020. So for the most part, people gather for themselves who tell them what they want to hear. People don't want to hear, and I'm one of them, that Joe Biden's going to be president. But that doesn't make it any less true if that's what God wills. Yep. And if it is what God wills, then, then you then deserve we should, it. We deserve exactly, it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Then we should accept that because we need to know what the scriptures say about the fact that God is the one who, who elevates and, and removes leaders. Mm-hmm. When he gets good and ready, when he sees fit, not because someone stands and says, I'm going to believe in the prophets I'm because Amos said I'm supposed to. Or I'm going to will it to happen. It doesn't work that way. Believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, please hear me. Ignore that nonsense. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. As uh, to my, quote my brother Nate Pickowitz, eat your Bible. Consume it. Know what God's word says and what it means by what it says. Mm-hmm. So that you will be able to refute those who contradict and and so that you can you can hold on to sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um I get a little fired up. Really? <laughs> couldn't tell especially when it comes to this stuff man i you know brother like you i've 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 had my experience with this world of uh this dangerous dangerous game of false prophecies and false teachers and Mm -hmm. there are so many in that movement who are caught in that movement who are not just teaching those things but and, and this terrifies me but it's the truth who will hear those words, those, 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 those horrid words, those words that will, that will break your heart if you hear them, to know about Christ, to know what he has done, and yet not to know him, and him not to know you, because you refused to obey his commands, because you didn't possess what you said you, pro- what you professed that you did, to hear those words, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. is just oh, crushing, soul crushing, literally. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, uh, you, you know, in the charismatic movement, you hear oftentimes when when the criticism has come up. Well, what does scripture say? What does scripture say? What does scripture say against the charismatic movement? Uh, a lot of people, and I'm going to quote uh, R.T. Kendall because R.T. Kendall became the uh, pastor in, uh, golly, the place, uh, Martin Lloyd Jones, Westminster, Westminster. That's it. He became the pastor in Westminster after Martin Lloyd Jones passed away. And he actually wrote the foreword to preaching and preachers for yeah. Martin Lloyd Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Now, RT Kendall, super charismatic. He's the one that introduced reform theology and charismatic, uh, theology into, uh, Westminster. Now, in the movie Holy Ghost put out by uh, Darren Wilson, uh, he also did other movies like Furious Love, Finger of God, um, just got guys in it like uh, Todd White, 
uh, Robbie Dawkins, an, a guy that has severely, if those guys aren't apostate enough, there's another guy in some of them that has even severely apostatized now named Jason Westerhouse. He was one of the first graduates from Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and now he believes in things like time travel through space and talking with aliens type stuff. Uh, and wow. let me tell you, if a heretic like Bill Johnson even says that guy is wackadoodle and they've tried to get him to repent, <laughs> that's some problems. But RT back to RT Kendall in the Holy Ghost movie, RT Kendall says a lot of people think that it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. He said that's not the case. And this is to make an emphasis on the spirit. Well, the problem is how do we know about God? How do we, other than uh, apart from uh, general revelation, yeah. right? Um, how do we know ab about how God moves and how he acts and, and what he requires of us? How do we know about God the Son? How do we know about what he did? And how do we know about the Spirit and how the Spirit moves and what the Spirit does and that the Spirit's role is to point to Christ? How do we know about those mm. things? We know about those things through Scripture. That's the only way we can know those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I... I, I think about uh, I read um, uh, this this quote uh, from Charles uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, um, and let me find it real quick. Give me just a second. Um, but it, it, this is this is where he I mean he was speaking to you know those who who come and 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 say that they have these words from the Spirit and these 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 words from the Lord. And I just wanted to I just wanted to read this, and and and, it, and it's going to sound. Is this the one where he talks about them being insane or something? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is Charles Haddon Spurgeon from his sermon entitled uh, The Parslet that he preached on October 6th, 1872 at the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Um, this is what he said, quote, Take care never to impute the vain imaginings of your fancy to him, the Holy Spirit. I have seen the spirit of God shamefully dishonored by persons. I hope they were insane who have said that they have had this and, and that he revealed to them. There has not for some years passed over my head a single week in which I have not been pestered with the revelations of hypocrites or maniacs. Semi-lunatics are fond of coming with messages from the Lord to me. And it may spare them some trouble if I tell them once for all that I will have none of their stupid messages. Never dream that events are revealed to you by heaven. Or you may come to be like those idiots who dare impute their blatant follies to the Holy Ghost. If you feel your tongue itch to talk nonsense, trace it to the devil, not to the Spirit of God. Whatever is to be revealed by the Spirit to any of us in, is in the Word of God already. He adds nothing to the Bible and never will. Let persons who have revelations of this, that, and the other go to bed and wake up in their senses. I only wish they would follow the advice and no longer insult the Holy Ghost by laying their nonsense at his door. Period. <laughs> Close quote. Now I wonder what he sounds like when he's not holding back. <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's insane, the insane lunatic idiots, <laughs> uh, blatant follies. Uh, I mean, and 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 look, I, I'll uh, I'll maybe wrap up maybe what my commentary on this with this in Jeremiah twenty three sixteen through thirty two. Uh, the prophet says this: Thus says the Lord of hosts. Do not listen to the words of prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from their evil way and from their evil doings. 
I have, I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, capital my, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart. Behold, listen to this, behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who use their tongues and say, he, the Lord says, behold, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their recklessness. <laughs> Yet I did not send them or command them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. And I want to go back to that. God himself, those who prophesy any lies, says, I am against the star breather. The one who can kill the body and soul in hell is against the prophets who prophesy lies. And funny, well, the scripture says recklessness there, but not yeah. thinking about the love of God. Anyway, yeah. I think that's a a great place to wrap up. I think uh, <clears throat> that passage should weigh heavy on our hearts, yeah. um, and I think that's a good one uh, to end with. So. Uh, if you have any questions about false prophets, we would like to direct you to Strange Fire by yes. John MacArthur, uh, Charismatic Chaos by John MacArthur. Um, Defining uh, Deception by Defining Kosti Deception Hinn and Anthony by Wood. That's right. Clouds uh, Without Water by Justin Clouds Peters. Without Water, yep. That all, all good, good sources, yes. Um, but with that, we are going to be getting out of here we will see you next time. See you.